0: The sermon text is the first lesson from the book of Numbers, chapter 11. So the Lord said to Moses, Gather seventy men from the elders of Israel for me, men whom you know to be elders and officers for the people. Take them to the tent of meeting, and make them stand there with you. Moses went out and told the people the Lord's words. He gathered seventy men from the elders of the people and had them stand all around the tent. The Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him. He took from the spirit that was on Moses and put it on the seventy elders. When the spirit rested on them they prophesied but they did not do it again. Two men however remained in the camp. The name of one was Eldad and the name of the other was Medad. They were listed among the elders but they had not gone out to the tent. The spirit rested on them and they prophesied back in the camp. A young man ran and reported this to Moses. He said, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aide from his youth, answered, My Lord Moses, stop them. Moses said to him, Are you jealous for my sake? If only all of the Lord's people were prophets, so that the Lord would put his spirit on them. The word of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Here at Trinity Lutheran, there is a group of people that God has richly blessed. In this congregation, we have people who can sing and people who can play musical instruments, people who can organize and people who can motivate, people who know how to nurture and teach. We have kids who can score goals and kids who can score hundreds on tests. We have people God has blessed with generous hearts. Some people give loads of their time, other people give wads of their money, and some people give both. There are people in this congregation with compassion. They know the right thing to say to somebody who is hurting. There are other people with the godly wisdom to know when to say nothing at all. There are people who have a personality where they can stroll right up to a stranger and ten minutes later they've made a new friend and there are other people who silently pray for their brothers and sisters whom they may not have much in common with at all other than a savior and a church god gives everybody gifts and to this group god has given a whole lot of them and as his people of course we want to use the gifts that god gives us the right way last week we heard our savior jesus teach us the importance as we use All of these gifts God gives us, Jesus teaches us to deny ourselves. To put the interests of others ahead of our own and to be the servant of all, just as our Savior Jesus is for us. The lesson in front of us today teaches us something else about these gifts that God gives us to use in his service. It teaches us to be thankful for all the gifts that God gives to every one of our fellow believers, even if it's a gift that he's given to somebody else and not to me. And even if the person using their gift, that might mean that my own get overshadowed a little bit or overlooked. It's probably a safe bet that the story of Eldad and Me Dad is not included in most editions of Baby's First Bible or even more thorough Bible history books. It may even be that you are hearing the story of Eldad and Medad for the very first time in your life today because it's sort of tucked into the middle of a book of the Bible that maybe doesn't get studied so much by Christians. And it may be a lesser known story from Scripture, but there is certainly a theme here that has a familiar ring to it. the story starts with the Lord deciding to give a gift to bless 70 elders of the Israelites with the ability... To prophesy. It's a gift from God. And 68 of those 70 elders leave the camp. They leave the place where all of the Israelites are living. And they go out to Moses in the wilderness. Away from the people to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And out there, outside of the camp, they use their gift. Trouble starts. When two of those 70 elders... Medad and Aldad, for reasons unknown, they stay in the camp. They do not go out to Moses in the wilderness. But nevertheless, right there in the middle of the camp, the Lord also blesses them with the ability to prophesy. And right there in the camp where everybody can see them and everybody can hear them, that's where Medad and Aldad begin to use their gift. And a young man, who happens to be a snitch, sees Medad and Eldad doing this in the camp among the people, And he sprints out to Moses in the wilderness and reports it. Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Now, why would this young man think that such a thing is run-and-tell worthy? Well, because normally Moses would be the guy prophesying in the camp. Normally Moses would be the one that people would be focusing on and listening to. And now, for a little while at least, it's going to be a couple of other people that the people in the camp are going to be listening to and paying attention to and maybe moses might be a little jealous of this you know even joshua who is moses aide, and joshua throughout his time in the old testament you can pretty well rely on joshua to display godly actions and godly attitudes but even a godly man like joshua is worried that somehow This is going to chip away at Moses' standing, his prestige. Even Joshua says, Moses, my Lord, stop them. You know, whenever you have a community of Christians using gifts that God has given them, sometimes the attitude of this messenger and the attitude of Joshua can start popping up in people's hearts. We might look around and see some me dads and Eldads dads using their gifts, and as they use their gifts, our own gifts might get overlooked or not even noticed at all. I went to a Christian high school, a Lutheran school, and it sure happened there the athletes got all the glory. Nobody cared about anything but the football and basketball team. Nobody cared about the musicians or the actors. They certainly didn't care about the chess club or the investment <laughs> club. Those nerds over there got no attention at all. And it can happen in churches. You have a soloist standing in the narthex, and she hears this week's soloist getting more compliments than she got when she sang last week, and well, I guess they like her better. You can have members who think, Everyone thinks the pastor does all the work around here. Without everything I do, without the money I give, this place wouldn't even be standing. And you know, we might not do what the messenger and Joshua were hoping Moses would do, and actively stop other Christians from using their gifts. You don't hear very often about, like, one soloist poisoning another so she won't be able to sing in church the next Sunday, or somebody intentionally injuring an athlete so he won't be able to go out to the football field and get attention. We don't normally get aggressive about this kind of thing, but would we ever get a little passive-aggressive about this kind of thing? Would we maybe stew a little bit when other people are getting more attention than we are? Resent it. Maybe even hold a grudge. You know, there are Christians who even take it this far. Nobody's going to thank me. Nobody's going to notice what I'm doing. I'll just lay out. I'll just stop using my gifts with my fellow believers. Jesus' disciples in the gospel this morning were starting to slide into this trap, and Jesus quickly kind of grabbed them by the arm and pulled them out of it. The disciples saw somebody else, not one of them, driving out a demon in Jesus' name, And they wanted to stop him. And Jesus says, why would you do that? Whoever is not against us is for us. He's using a gift from God, a gift that God has given him, and he's using it in Jesus' name, promoting the name of Christ. Don't stand in his way out of a sense of rivalry or competition. No, the truth is, it just doesn't make any sense. There's no reason for there to be competition and envy among Christians who are using their gifts because God sees all of the good works that we do as precious and holy. We are washed clean in the waters of baptism and through faith in Jesus, when God looks at us, he sees the perfection of his son draped over us. So he sees every work that is done in his service as not just good, but perfect for Jesus' sake. And that is amazing grace that God shows to us because none of us has ever done a good work that was perfect in and of itself. Even the best stuff I do is tainted by a little bit of selfishness or a little bit of laziness. But for Jesus' sake, God accepts every good work from his people, purifies it in Christ, and lays it on his altar as perfect. So what sense does it make to pit perfection against perfection? Jesus says, Amen, I tell you. Whoever gives you a cup of water to drink in my name because you belong to Christ will certainly not lose his reward. See, even a cup of water God prizes and he rewards. And yet, sometimes this attitude does come up in Christian hearts. And when it does, the real root problem of what is happening is a key word that Moses used when he answered Joshua. Are you jealous for my sake? When the gifts of others are overshadowing my own, the real problem here is jealousy, or maybe a little more accurately, envy. It's easy for me to forget that beautiful gospel truth that God sees all good works as perfect and holy. I have a sinful nature that's a total glory hog and just wants attention for itself all the time. And I start to care a little too much about what other people think of what I'm doing and not enough about how God sees what I'm doing. And apparently that's the direction that that young messenger and Joshua are expecting Moses to go. They're apparently expecting some kind of reaction like this. Eldad and Me Dad, those couple of nobodies. Don't these people know who I am? I'm Moses out here. I'm the one who prophesies. People pay attention to me. Moses doesn't go that way at all. Are you jealous for my sake? If only all the Lord's people were prophets so that, his Lord, so that the Lord would put his spirit on them. See, the gifts that God gives us are about giving glory to him, not getting glory for ourselves. So the more gifts that are being used to the glory of God, the better. And that's the attitude that God wants us to have toward all of the gifts used by all of his people when you look around and see a me dad or an Eldad dad using their gifts in god's service just be grateful that god gave that gift to your fellow believer and thank god that the gift is being used the right way to the glory of god because god is in the business of getting glory god wants all the glory from his people all the time and that may be a little hard to understand because God commands us not to seek glory while well, he says, give all glory to me. But he's the creator who gave us these gifts in the first place. And we are the creation that he gave the gifts to. So he deserves all the glory and all the honor from all of the gifts that he gives. So whenever you see a fellow Christian giving glory to God, and it doesn't matter if they're giving glory by making a three-pointer po- three or painting a picture or singing a song in church, Give thanks for that gift that's being used to give glory to God. You can see God's desire for glory by moving from the greatest to the lesser. And what I mean is, God gives us all different sets of gifts. But on our list of gifts from God, we all have the same gift in slot number one. And that's the gift of his son. Because the gift of Jesus forgives our sins. It opens heaven to us. It's Jesus who makes any of our good works acceptable to God, let alone perfect. And listen to what scripture says about this greatest gift that God has given to us all. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So... Why did God give us this great gift of his son? Because he loves us. He wants us in heaven with him. Those are correct answers, biblical answers. But this passage gives you another reason. He saved us so that we would not be able to boast and take glory for ourselves, but God would get all the glory and him alone for our salvation. God gave us the gift of his son to glorify himself. And it's safe to say, if God gave us that greatest gift to glorify himself, he wants every gift he gives us used the same way. So when you look at your own gifts, remember who they come from, remember why God gave them to you, and use them to his glory. And whenever you see a fellow Christian doing the same thing, be thankful for that too. To God be glory with all of his gifts, with thanks for all his gifts. Amen.